At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer from the low. Welcome to Love Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Decent Family of Podcasts. We've got tremendous podcasts for you. It's in the second segment. We are going to be joined by Chris Sheehan. He is out there in our nation's capital. Does a great job with Monumental Sports Network. EOC show by the book every Monday through Friday. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at a few teams in terms of their futures outlook. We're going to be reacting a little bit to what we wind up seeing this weekend and taking a look at a few teams that they might need to wind up making some moves at the trade deadline as well. So we're going to get a real feel of just everything in general happening in the lay of the land of baseball. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis. Every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And we've got one or two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM. Name me does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're about firing whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review. Did wind up getting in a Twitter question today, so let's dive into it. So you have questions, and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. I've been asked this question by actually quite a few people saying that they don't like taking the run line whenever a team is at home and in what circumstances would I recommend slash not recommend a run line when a team is at home and this all winds coming down to the probability that you think a team is going to have of being able to win by one run versus two runs because 
I wound up throwing out this hypothetical on Twitter at GNN underscore D1. If you think that a team wins 65% of the time in terms of the money line, that translates to minus 186 or less in terms of the juice being profitable. So if you're laying like minus 180, minus 175, minus 170, further on down the list, that is a profitable bet. If you think that that team winds up winning the game by two plus runs 52.5% of the time, you'd be able to lay up to a minus 110 with that being pretty much your break-even point. So if you're laying like a minus 115 on that run line, that would not be profitable. Minus 105, even money, any sort of a plus price, that is. There are circumstances where I do think that it would be a little bit more profitable to take like a money line, for instance. Like, for instance, today I was on a few run lines that were involving teams that were small favorites than the New York Yankees, who they were right around a minus 160 when I wound up firing in on them. I wound up taking their money line. Meanwhile, there were a few teams right around minus 145, minus 150 this weekend that I would rather take the run line on because if you take a look at the differential between the money line and the run line, I once again throw out that hypothetical of 65%. So we will go back to that if that team that I think is going to win 65% of the time, they are minus 180 on the money line. Keep in mind, the minus 186 is the absolute max that you could lay to have any sort of a profit whatsoever. And the run line, you're finding that at even money, and you think that 52.5% of the time that team wins by multiple runs, the run line is a little bit more profitable. If it would instead be minus 150 on the money line. So you're finding a big differential there. You need at least minus 186 or less. You're getting minus 150. Meanwhile, that run line, it is once again, even money. The minus 150 turns out to be a little bit more profitable. And you're going to see this vary a little bit because you're going to notice that with run lines, you're getting a little bit less of a plus price if you're looking to reduce the juice on a game that features, say, a total of like 10, 11, list goes on and on when you wind up getting up to Coors Field. So not Coors Field, 8.5-9, rather than like a 7 to a 7.5, for instance, just because typically with more scoring, it means that it's a little bit more likely that that game is going to land on a differential of more than one. So that's the way that I wind up basing it on. It's just all about profitability. And keep in mind, if you do wind up laying the run and half run line, you're just not going to have the same record as you do on the money line. So you have to be taking the approach of you are going to lose a few, but it's all about long-term profitability when it comes to it. So hopefully I laid that out for you well. If I didn't, at GNNRSquare D1 on Twitter, I am happy to put it on a little bit of different terms, but hopefully I was able to clear up that question. Now let's take a look back at everything that we wound up seeing in the MLB on Sunday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game through yesterday is Greg Buzz about. Here is the rowdy recap. Sunday Night Baseball involved a blown save by a man that is a master of them. Kenley Jansen comes into the ninth inning with the Braves up 2-0 and he could not close much like your buddy at the bar as the Dodgers despite going 4-18 of 18 with men in scoring position. They get it done by a count of 5-3. Tony Gonsolin wound up having a relatively solid start here for the Dodgers. 5-2 and two thirds innings gives up a one run but Spencer Strider was even better. Six scoreless innings for the Atlanta Braves. Darren O'Day, Jesse Chavez, they combined to be able to give you a scoreless inning. A.J. Minter, a scoreless inning. And then Kenley Jansen in that ninth inning, he gives up two runs, all of which were earned. And if memory serves me right, there were no men on base with two outs in that inning with the score 2-0, and he wound up giving it up. From there, you do wind up having 
Will Smith come in. He winds up getting a little bit jiggy with it as he winds up giving up an under run in the 10th inning. And then Darren O'Day, two runs, one of which was earned, given up in the 11th before Jackson Steven winds up getting the final out of that inning. And for the Atlanta Braves, they went 2 of 16 with men in scoring position as the Dodgers bullpen rock solid here. Alex Vizia gives up a run in a third of an inning, but Yancey Almonte, Phil Bickford, they combine for a scoreless setting. Reyes Monanta was able to give you two scoreless settings. Craig Kimbrell gives up an under run in the 10th before Bursarder Gradrell. Pitches a scoreless 11th for the Dodgers to be able to get it done. The Philadelphia Phillies, they went on their own. They took down the Slam Diego Padres in their first game without Bryce Harper. 8-5 to the final as Kyle Schwarber gets his 21st home run of the season as Kyle Gibson. Not a great start here for the Phillies. Gives up five runs while going two and two-thirds innings. But how about the Phillies' bullpen? Providing six and a third innings scoreless as Corey Cadable, Jose Alvarado, along with Andrew Bellotti. I'll give you a scoreless setting and Nick Nelson. Three and a third innings scoreless. Meanwhile, for San Diego, Hugh Darvish not necessarily his A-plus stuff. He gives up three runs over the course of six innings. And then Nabel Crisman winds up giving up three runs in an inning, including that Kyle Schwarber home run. Luis Garcia, Ray Kerr, both give you an inning. Both give up a run out of the bullpen. And for the Padres, 2 of 11 with men in scoring position. So the Phillies now, I believe, 17 and 6 in their last 23 games. The return of Dallas Keuchel is here, and it is magnificent. 11 to 7. Easiest over that you're going to find on this day. As for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they got to Bo Brisky, who I've been saying that he's been doing it for regression for quite a while, and he regressed. Five runs given up in three and two-thirds innings, including a home run surrender. Will Vest, he shot up his ERA, giving up five runs in an inning, including a home run of his own. Alex Lang gives you an out out of the bullpen, and you do wind up getting two scoreless innings out of Jason Foley, but also Willie Peralta gave up a run in an inning, and for the Tigers, the offense was able to wake up as Eric Haas gets his fourth home run season. That actually comes off of J.B. Wendelkin, who gives up two runs in one and two-thirds innings after Dallas Keuchel. First start was much like we wound up seeing in Chicago. Lots of runs surrender. Four runs given up in four and a third innings. He did not look good in this one, but the bullpen was halfway decent. Mark Melanson gives up a run in an inning. Noe Ramirez, Ian Kennedy, they both give you a scoreless setting. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Carson Kelly gets his first home run of the season, and Dalton Varsho is sent. So the Arizona Diamondbacks figuratively and literally power their way to victory. The Blue Jays, in the last two days, they wound up getting four and two-thirds innings out of their starters as Jose Barrios. He winds up getting eight outs in his start against the Milwaukee Brewers. Gives up eight runs, including two bombs as the Brewers get a 10-3 win. That's an issue for the Toronto Blue Jays. Matt Gage, one and a third inning scoreless from there. You did have Tim Mesa give up two runs in an inning. Jeremy Beasley, two scoreless to David Phelps. A inning scoreless, but for the Blue Jays, lone form of real brightness in this spot. Oleander Kirk gets his 10th home run season. That comes off of one Chichi Gonzalez. And Chichi Gonzalez did not lend a great start here for the Brewers, giving up three runs over the course of four innings, including that homer. But from there, five scoreless innings out of this Brewers bullpen. John Del Gustave, two scoreless innings. Trevor Gott, Brent Suter, Trevor Kelly. I'll give you a scoreless setting up for the Milwaukee Brewers. Rowdy Tellez gets those pair of bombs off of Jose Barrio. So he sticks it to his former team with his. 12th and 13th home runs of the season. The New York Yankees walk this one off in fashion, and if you, like me, wound up having the under in this game, this was just brutal. 6-3, the final in 10 innings, says this was 3-3 three three in the 10th inning, and then Aaron Judge, a three-run walk-off homer, his 28th home run season of Seth Martinez, who I don't think it allowed an earned run all season. He gives up three runs, two of which were earned on that blast in the 10th inning. Jose Arikidi, he wound up having a really good start wasted. He winds giving up just one home run in seven innings. Phil Maiden from there, he gives up a home run, two runs in total in two-thirds of an inning. Brian Abreu winds up giving you an out out of the bullpen and Ryan Sanic, a scoreless inning for the Astros. They got to Nessie Nestor in this game as Jose Altuve 
Gets his 15th home run season for Cortez. Gets up that home run. Three runs in total over the course of five innings. But then from there, the Yankees bullpen. Five scoreless settings. Michael King, Clay Holmes, Wandy Peralta. I'll give you a scoreless setting. And Miguel Castro. Two scoreless settings. That's also going deep for the Yankees. DJ turned it up. LeMayu, seventh home run of the season. And then Urquidy's home run was served up to John Carlos Santon. His 17th home run of the campaign for the Tampa Bay Rays. They wind up being able to get it done against the Pittsburgh Pirates. 4-2 the final. As for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you did wind up having Ronzi Contreras give you a good start, but not necessarily a lot of length. Five walks in this game as he allowed just one run. And then from there, Tyler Beattie, one and two-thirds innings. He winds up giving up a run. Anthony Banda gets zero outs. He gives up two runs before Austin Bryce winds up having to get the final four outs of this one for the Pirates. And for the Pirates, you did have Daniel Vogelback go deep off of Jason Adam. Ninth home run season. Adam has actually been very good for the team. That raises the ERA to a buck 47. They see a lot of a run in an inning, but Brooks Raley does not go off the Raley's. He gives you a scoreless inning, and Shane McClanahan continues his dominance. Lowers his ERA to a buck 77. Gives up one run in seven innings, 10 punch outs as the Rays. They go four of 16 with men in scoring position. So the offense was really clicking in this one. The Miami Marlins, they were clicking. They take down the New York Mets in the early game by a count of three to two as David Peterson. Great name and not a bad start. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of seven innings. He did wind up serving up a home run to Miguel Ross, his sixth home run season. Then it was Nick Fortes who walked it off. Third home run season. That comes off of Adam Adovino. Got two outs in the ninth inning before allowing that walk-off. Former Tommy Hunter was able to give you a scoreless inning as well. What was really the issue for the Mets. They weren't able to cash in on opportunities. Brandon Nimmo didn't get his fifth home run season off of Dan Castano, but one of 13 with men in scoring position as Cassano gives up two runs over the course of his seven innings and then Steven or Kurt Tanner Scott from there. Both are able to give you a scoreless setting. The Boston Red Sox continue to hold down the Cleveland Guardians. They get an 8-3 win on Sunday as for the Guardians. They're averaging right around .6 home runs per game at home. They didn't wind up getting one in this one. They go just 2-14 with men in scoring position and Aaron Savali continues to have a rough season. 7-20 is his ERA. Gives up three runs over the course of four innings. Anthony Ghost was able to give you a scoreless inning, but you wind up having Mr. Dully, Tanner Dully, come in for long relief. Gives up three runs in three innings. Sam Antages, he gives up two runs in his two innings of work as well. And for the Boston Red Sox, Rich Hill, a really good start. Gives up one run over the course of six innings. Ryan Brazier, an unearned run, give it up in his inning of work as Ryan Rafael Devers winds up getting his 10th air of the season. And Enzo Robles gives up a run in an inning himself before Tanner Elk. He's able to close it out. And the Red Sox, they were just having base runners on all day. 15 hits. They go 6 of 20 with runners in scoring position while striding 16 men on base. So a lively game out there for the Baltimore Orioles. Currently, they've got the best run line record out there in the big leagues. I believe that they have covered the run line 47 times, and they've only failed to not cover it 27 times. They lose to the Chicago White Sox, but thanks to a pair in the ninth inning, they cover that run line 4-3 to the final, where the White Sox still in cease. He did not to cease in this one. 13 strikeouts, gives up a solo home run over the course of his seven innings of work as getting his first home run as a Baltimore Oriole, Jonathan Arus. From there, you did wind up having the bullpen, which has not been great for the White Sox. Wind up hurting them as Joe Kelly winds up giving you a scoreless setting in Kendall Graveman. I think it's unfair to say that the bullpen failed him because you wind up having Mr. Jose Abreu fail him. Two errors in the ninth inning that allows the Baltimore Orioles to score those two runs. Graveman, 2.27 ERA. He's actually been the one guy that has not been an issue for this White Sox bullpen and for the Baltimore Orioles. You did have Jordan Lyles. 
be able to fill in this game. He gives up four runs over the course of seven innings before Cianel Perez gives you an inning out of the bullpen. Scoreless, he did wind up giving up home run along the way to Gavin Sheets, his fifth home run of the season. But for Baltimore, that good bullpen ERA has been a big reason why they've been able to cover a lot of these run lines. The Chicago Cubs, they wind up going to St. Louis and they wind up taking two of three, six of five. They wind up winning in 10 innings on Sunday as for the Cubbies. They took advantage of opportunities with men in scoring position going 5 of 11 and with that they also wanted to do a great job with the bullpen. Elk Mills, a cataclysmically bad start. He winds up going two and two-thirds innings, giving up five runs, all of which weren't, including three homers. And then the, I guess you'd call it, quadrant plus one of David Robertson, Michael Givens, Rowan Wick, Chris Martin, Matt Schwarmer. They wind up going Seven and a third innings, scoreless, giving up just two hits along the way. Going deep for the St. Louis Cardinals. Paul Goldschmidt, 18th home run season. Brandon Donovan is second. And Juan Yepes is seventh. And for Captain Jack Flaherty, he's being pretty much used as an opener at this point. He winds up throwing two scoreless innings. Nick Wickren from there, though, he gave up four runs in an inning. You don't mess with the Johan Oviedo. One run given up in one and two-thirds innings. Packy Naughton Jr. Fernandez. They combine for three scoreless innings. And then Zach Thompson in the 10th inning gives up the unearned run as he got one and two-thirds innings. And then you wind up having the Woodford, Jake Woodford, give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen as well. So credit to a Cubs bullpen that entered into this one in their last three games with an ERA north of six. The Rockies bullpen is up at too terrific, and they were too terrific on Sunday, 6-3. The Minnesota Twins wind up being able to get it done. Austin Gomber had to come out of the bullpen for the team because Ryan Feltner wanted to get destroyed, giving up five runs over the course of four innings. Gomber, one run, give it up in two and two-thirds innings, and the Robert Stevenson gives you four outs out of the bullpen, and for the Rockies, two of 16 with Ben in scoring position. Charlie Blackman was able to get his 12th home run season off of Joe Ryan as Ryan allowed three runs of five innings, but the Twins bullpen was good in this one. Caleb Theobar, Emilio Pagan, a combined two scoreless innings, and then Ty Duffy and you don't mess with the Johan Duran. We're both able to give you a scoreless inning as the Twins. They win this game while going three of seven with men in scoring position. The Oakland A's entered into the weekend four and twenty-two in their last twenty-six games. They wound up on Saturday and Sunday, knocking off the Kansas City Royals five to three. They wound up getting it done on Sunday as Seth Brown winds up getting his tenth home run season. Not often you see this, but Brady Singer, he gives up five runs, including that homer, and went eight and a third innings. Yeah, that's not something that's very typical, but the Royals' bullpen is so bad and has been used up so much that they needed to. Scott Barlow gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and for the Kansas City Royals, 3 of 10 with men in scoring position is what they wound up going as. You wound up having Domingo Acevedo wind up getting the win as he, along with Zach Jackson, Lou Trevino, I'll give you a scroll setting in same all. Pair of outs out of the bullpen as James Caprillion. Not a great start, not a terrible start. Three runs surrendered in five and a third innings. The Cincinnati Reds put up a touchdown in the state of California as they did what the Cincinnati Bengals were able to do in the Super Bowl. And unlike the Bengals in the Super Bowl, they won in California. 10-3 the final as for Cincinnati. No home runs, but they go 7-11 of 11 with men in scoring position, so they're always open for production. Tyler Molly, he winds up giving up three runs in 62 thirds innings, including Omer going deep for the San Francisco Giants. Mike Yastrzemski is eighth of the season, but the former Red in Anthony DiSclafani, a cataclysmically awful start, seven runs given up while getting just eight outs. From there, you wind up having one and a third innings scoreless from Junior Marte of the Marte Parte. Jarlon Garcia gives up three runs, two of which earned his two innings before Camilo Duval, Dominique Leon, John Brebia all come in for a scoreless inning, but not a lot doing for the San Francisco Giants. Bad says Revier, St. Martin, along with Art Warren, both give you a scoreless setting, and Luis Sessa was able to give you an out of the bullpen, so the Cincinnati Reds avoid a sweep. The LA Angels and the Seattle Mariners had themselves a little bit of a dust-up as 
Due to one, the Angels wind up being able to get it done as there was a big brawl that wound up happening as eight men wound up getting ejected as you wind up having the opener of Andrew Wants, I think, wind up having a close pitch. And then I think that Mike Trout wound up from there having a pitch thrown at his head. So you wind up having Marco Gonzalez give up two runs over the course of six innings, including a home run going deep for the LA Angels in this one. Luis Ranifo insert home run season as Andrew Wants, the opener. He wound up pitching a scoreless inning before Jose Suarez was able to do a very solid job for the Angels. He wound up giving up a solo home run in his six innings of work going deep for Seattle. Abraham Toro is seventh home run season before you wind up having Oliver Ortega give the team two scoreless settings out of the bullpen for Seattle. You did have Andres Munoz along Ken Giles both give you a scoreless setting, but for the Seattle Mariners has been a little bit rough for this team on offense as this is a bunch that they have now scored two runs or fewer and I believe now seven out of their last 11 games so they're open to not giving you a lot of production. A team that gave you some production on Sunday though, that would be the Washington Nationals, 6-4. They take down the Texas Rangers. The Rangers put up a three spot in the ninth inning to be able to get an over by the way but with Jackson Tetrielt Good start. One run given up over the course of six innings for the Nats. It was Mr. Francisco Perez who wound up toasting this under. He wound up giving up three runs and didn't get a single out as going deep off of him for the Texas Rangers. Sean Heim, 10th home run season. You did wind up having, though, Tanner Rainey, Erasmo Ramirez, along Steve Ciszek. I'll give you a scoreless setting in for the Washington Nationals. Nelson Cruz, trio of RBIs in this one as the team winds up going 4 of 10 with men in scoring position as Glenn Otto, not long for this game, gives up six runs and he went two innings. To the credit of the Texas Rangers, about seven scoreless settings out of the bullpen as you wind up having Josh Shoreditch. This is a name I haven't said in quite a while. Jose LeClerc both give you a scoreless setting. John King, two scoreless settings. And Garrett Richards, three scoreless settings. So things wind up being a little bit all over the place with that regard. And things have just been all over the place in general in terms of Major League Baseball this season as we have noticed that an underrate that was nearly 60% after about three weeks into the season. That has really regressed, so bookmakers, they've really been able to find their form. Right around 51% of games have one over over the last 30 days, 201 overs to 193 unders. In this time span, underdogs, they've been a little bit intermiss. 245 and 168 is the straight-up record for favorites in this time span, and if you're looking at the season to date, underdogs, they're hitting at 40.2%, 649 and 437 is the record for favorites, but take a look at home favorites. They're currently 406 and 287, but the reason why I wind up bringing up what I did in the front half of this segment in terms of talking about just not wanting to lay the run in half. We've already had now 137 instances in which the money line favorite at home, they have not been able to cover the run line due to a one-run win, so always keep that in mind. And overall this season, 530 unders and 500 overs, so 51.5% of games have been going under the total. That's what we want to see in Major League Baseball on Sunday, and that's what we're getting trend-wise. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at a few more trends reacting to this weekend, and Turning it forward to what we're going to be seeing out there with Red Sox versus Blue Jays and just teams in general to keep watch of in both a futures market and a game-by-game perspective with Chris Sheehan of the Monumental Sports Network. And that is up next right here on the Baseball Writing Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. 
Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. 
And we're back here at Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family and Podcast. It is great to be joined by our guest as this man is doing an absolutely amazing job over there at the Monumental Sports Network that is out there in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. You're able to catch him as the host of By the Book. That is every Monday through Friday over there as Chris Sheehan. He is doing an absolutely amazing job taking a look at a little bit of everything that we're getting in terms of the sports betting world. And you're able to follow him on Twitter at the Big Cheese Show. That is the letters C-H-E-E before show. And Chris, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks so much, Greg, for having me. Very much appreciate it. And yeah, it is a great time of year. No doubt about it, Greg. And personally, for me, the unders have been where I have been profitable as of late. So I've been trying to find these pitching matchups, guys who are going deep into games and trying to target guys like near the top of the K per nine, like Dylan Cease and Dave McClanahan. So certainly a lot of fun this time of year, no doubt, talking baseball. And how have you been gauging totals recently? Because I just still go back to Friday, and I believe that only two of those games wound up going over after we were seeing really... I think that it's fair to say May through the middle of June, it was very much an over period for that 45 or so day stretch. We noticed this weekend things wanted coming back a little bit more with regards to the unders. And it just feels like we're getting a lot of ebbs and flows in terms of totals. And right when you see the bookmakers shade totals upward, you have a lot of your like eights go to eight and a half, eight and a half go to nine. That's when it's a good time to take the under and vice versa. When you wind up seeing like the eight and a half go to eights, that's where you will find a little bit of value on those overs. Yeah, Greg, you might be somebody who's into the line movement a little bit more than me. I just try to stay off numbers like seven. Now, earlier in the year, we were cashing those with the colder weather. But, you know, we had Yankees raise total seven and I fell victim to it because it was a nice pitching matchup. We knew that the Rays lineup dealing with some injuries is Wander Franco is appearing to be close to returning, but still, this is a lineup that, like, I know Vidal Brujan was starting to hit here. I shouldn't really ever be taking, and I understand a couple of these Yankees unders have come. I mean, I drove up to New Jersey last weekend. I listened to the Justin Verlander start against the White Sox, and my takeaway was maybe this guy's getting a little bit gassed at this point of the year. What does he do when he comes into the bright lights in New York City? Absolutely shuts down the Yankees. I mean, sometimes it's tough to predict, but... I try to stay away from like the seven numbers here. But yeah, also trying to target more so veteran pitchers like Friday night, for example, Paulo Espino, not throwing gas, but locating. And he'll admit as much like I'm not pumping 96 by anybody. I got to hit my spot. So stuff like that. And then Herman Marquez is a guy that, you know, when we see him start to roll a little bit, He's somebody I maybe want to jump on some unders if he's away from cores, but I really try to never go cores unders either unless, you know, the number is really, really high. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you'll find a number north of 12 at cores, and that's when it sort of becomes ridiculous because you could legitimately, if you get a number north of 12, wind up having like a 6-5 game, you wind up being able to get an under there. That's when you just have sort of gotten to that point of no return, but I am in agreement with you. That can be a little bit of a roll. The dice as joining me on the podcast. We do have Christian. He does an absolutely amazing job over there at the Monumental Sports Network. And what I thought was really interesting is that over the weekend as well, we wound up seeing that absolutely tremendous Yankees versus Houston Astros series. Now, while we're doing this, we don't know how the final game of that series wound up going, but 
We do know that the Houston Astros, they came up just short in game one after they had a little bit of a bullpen implosion, but they were able to come back games two, games three. They were able to get it done, including Christian Javier, the start that he was able to have on Saturday. And I really felt like this was just a big statement in general from the Houston Astros, regardless of how things wind up going on Sunday, because the way that you take a look at the Yankees with 51 wins coming into their series with the Houston Astros, I mean, no question about it. I still think that they're the team to beat out there in the American League, despite taking a few losses. But it goes to show just how crazy baseball can be. And there were a lot of people that were asking me personally, why in the world should anyone else in the American League wind up making moves at the trade deadline? Because the New York Yankees are so much better. But I think it goes to show you, in a five, seven-game series, anything could happen in baseball. And even a team like the Yankees, they can fall prey when a guy like Christian Javier is on his game. Yeah, Greg, and let's face it, this Houston Astros bullpen is still superior to most of the teams in Major Number one League in bullpen baseball. in your life, yeah. Yes, sir, absolutely. I mean, I know that in the 7-6 loss the other night, you had Ryan Stanek giving up the game-winning hit to Aaron Judge and You can't have Ryan Presley throwing four-seam fastballs, 93 middle of the plate there. Aaron Hicks, who's been coming on for this Yankees team, and quite frankly, I didn't really understand the Bronx jeers this guy was getting for a little bit. I understand he's dealt with some injuries, but yeah, he's been delivering here as of late here. He can really get it in the gap. So this Yankees team, listen, a little bit of a blip on the radar with a couple of losses here. But again, Justin Verlander, this is a guy who still can turn it on and still can throw gas. We were seeing that on Friday night. So the Yankees still a team. They're just second to the Dodgers, I believe, in terms of runs per game. Up until that game where they only scored a run against the Astros on Friday night, they had hit seven straight games of going over three and a half runs. So we know the offense is there. Just ran into an Astros team a couple of games that um, is a great pitching staff. And Dusty Baker, I mean, we know him from his time in Washington. This is a great manager here. Just couldn't take them to the next level. But Dusty and that organization know how to manage these pitchers, teaching them the spin rates and whatnot. So we know that whoever they're bringing to the mound on a nightly basis, whether it's a Framber Valdez or an Arquiti, you have a better chance than not of winning the ball game if you're Houston. Right now, if you take a look at the futures market, at DraftKings to be able to win the World Championship, to be able to win the World Series. They're currently finding themselves at 6-1. to one. Obviously, the Yankees, they find themselves the number one team at plus 425, as we do have Christian. Does a great job over there at the Monumental Sports Network, the host of the By the Book Show. He is joining me right here on the show. And I do think that it is intriguing to be able to take a look at the futures market right now because I just don't think that there's a whole heck of a lot of value in right now the Houston Astros at 6-1, to one, the Yankees at a plus 425. I still honestly think is a relatively decent price. But what I do think is intriguing is taking a look at some of these divisions right now because we have been able to see a lot of these teams wind up getting really hot. And the one that really catches my eye, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I'm someone that I'm from the state of Wisconsin. I do not think that the Brewers should be a minus $2 favorite to be able to win the National League Central. They did not look good in game number one of their series against the Toronto Blue Jays. They were able to bounce back. They were able to get a nice win over... You say Kikuchi and company in game two, but you got a Milwaukee Brewers staff that currently they are all sorts of banged up. Brandon Woodruff has been on the shelf for quite a while. Looks like there's a good chance that he could wind up returning this upcoming week, but Freddie Peralta most likely not going to be coming back until August. We've been seeing a lot of falters with guys like Adrian Hauser. Aaron Ashby has great stuff, but he's still a little bit young. And you got a St. Louis Cardinals team that every single year 
The St. Louis Cardinals are always in contention, finding them at a plus 140. I'm not sure if you take a look a lot at the futures market in the MLB, but I just take a look at things right now rather than try to go for a World Series winner where health has a lot to do with it. You have to just wind up grinding through a lot of series. And I mean, at this point, even if you do like one of the favorites, if you just wind up doing a money line rollover on a lot of those series prices, you might not get the same as right around the plus 425 that you're able to get on the Yankees, but you're able to give yourself a little bit more assurance and you're going to get something close to that. I would rather be taking a look at something like the St. Louis Cardinals at a plus 140, the Minnesota Twins at a plus 165, because I do think that there are some value. There is some value to be had on some of these prices with regards to being able to win the division. Yeah, I think I was listening to your pod a couple of weeks ago. You had somebody from the Brewers speaking about how Freddie Peralta might not even be Matt Pauly bringing both game most for them. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, that the, when they bring him back, it could be in a relief role, and that could be really advantageous for him. Look, Greg, I think maybe I'm a little bit more favorable of this Brewers team. Andrew McCutcheon. I know I'm leading off with Andrew McCutcheon here, but <laughs> he did homer on Saturday night, and this is a guy that has been delivering from the middle of this lineup here. Had a home run on the 22nd as well here, too. And then Willie Adamas, I mean, he was never a power hitter in Tampa. They moved him because of Wander Franco coming up. And I think if you're Milwaukee, you're certainly happy with the production that, that this guy has been giving you. I mean, he had RBIs the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. I mean, homering consistently here. So Christian Yelich, I don't know that you're ever getting MVP form from him again, but maybe. I mean, if he's getting on, if he can get on base near a 290 clip by the end of the year, that could be something that, you know, is really good for a team that does have some power in the middle of the lineup. You know, Lewis Urias had a lot of hope coming up. How about Brasso? This was a guy who delivered for the Tampa Bay Rays a few years ago, too. Plus the pitching staff, you've got Lauer and Corbin Burns, who are both top 20 as far as K per nine. So I like seeing that. We know how good this bullpen could be. So the Cardinals, I am a little bit skeptical still of their rotation, right? I know Palante did a pretty good job against the Cubs this past weekend, but like Dakota Hudson, Jack Flaherty, how good do they hold up in these upcoming months remains to be seen here. Adam Wainwright, he's been, you know, solid for this team. Miles Michaelis, obviously, too. You know, how could you leave out Miles Michaelis? But, like, I'm a little bit kind of uh, thinking that the Brewers, it's a steep price, but if I'm saying right now who wins the division, I still think it's Milwaukee. Yep, I do think that the Brewers should be given a little bit of the upper hand. I don't think that it should be to the price of minus $2. That's where I really do disagree, and if you're looking at anyone else in that division, you're just giving a donation to the books instead. There is a local food bank that could use your donation if you're wanting to bet on the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Chicago Cubs, and the Cincinnati Reds. So I would very much be avoiding those teams, as we do have Christian joining me on the podcast. And one other thing that I do think is going to be interesting for this upcoming week as well. We were just talking about the American League really running through the Yankees and the Houston Astros. I do think that it's going to be a good measuring stick what we're going to be seeing this upcoming week because we've got a good series with the Boston Red Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays because most people, they're taking a look at who could be that number three team in the American League. And I do think that these two teams are the most most 
formidable teams. I'm not sure where you stand right now with regards to Red Sox versus Blue Jays. And as of right now, the Red Sox have not announced a starter for Monday. But I do think that this is going to be a really nice measuring stick when it comes to both of these teams. They're both out there in the division as of Saturday night. They had darn near the exact same record as well. And when it comes down to it with the Boston Red Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays, I think the key for both of these teams is going to be able to figure out that back half of the rotation because we saw with the Toronto Blue Jays, you say Kikuchi was a mess on Saturday. Jose Barrios has not been good for the team all season long. And for the Boston Red Sox, they're dealing with the injury to Garrett Whitlock. Bullpen has been a little bit suspect with guys like Ansel Robles and company trying to be able to figure that out. But I take a look at both of these teams. They both have a lot of firepower with regards to bats. And I think that this is just a crucial series for both of these teams in the grand scheme of things. And just being able to match up in the American League, deciding, all right, what should we be buying at the deadline to try to be able to make a run at this thing? Yeah, Greg, absolutely fired up for this series, no doubt about it. We actually had a sportsbook consigliere on our show this past week, and I was joking with him. Absolutely. And I said to him, Tampa Bay Rays, are they going to end up being sellers this year? Because you've just got this Red Sox team. To me, Greg, they're like first five automatic. I took a push on Friday night with Nick Pavetta, but like, how are guys like Nick Pavetta, Michael Waka, Rich Hill just performing and pitching as well as they are? I think the organization has to take a lot of credit for that. And the heart of this lineup, I mean, is one of the best in baseball, Devers and J.D. Martinez and Bogarts and Trevor Story. I understand that he hasn't been absolutely what you paid for, but most hitters aren't, right? And he's had his surges and, you know, he's a guy on a new team still. So I love Christian Vasquez behind the plate, but but you want to talk about a guy behind the plate who's doing a good job, and that's Alejandro Kirk for this Blue Jays team. I mean, I took them team total over the other day. They get there almost immediately when you got Bo Bichette homering out. Blue Jays' problematic bullpen when it comes to Jordan Romano. Sometimes he can be all right. Sometimes you know, he needs guys like Bradley Zimmer to save him like the other day in that White Sox game here. But this Blue Jays lineup as well here too. Even Gurriel, who sometimes hits in that eight spot. Teoscar Hernandez. There's just a lot of bats. And I'm not even mentioning Glad Guerrero Jr., obviously. There's just a lot of bats. Matt Chapman, who like sometimes hits for bad average but can drive the baseball. I don't know what to expect, really. Like, I think runs, but I also know that both of these teams can bring it starter-wise. What are we going to see out of Kevin Gossman? There was concerns when he was in Baltimore. He didn't feature enough pitches in his repertoire. Sometimes I feel like he falls into that now. And then other times he goes out and he pitches outstandingly like he did the other night. So it's just going to be a great matchup, no doubt. Yep, I am in agreement with you there as Kevin Gosman. Going to be getting the ball on Monday. We don't know as of right now who's going to be getting it for Boston. You got to think that Kevin Gosman going to be a favorite in this spot, all going to depend on what Boston winds up throwing out there. And I do think that it is going to be an absolutely amazing series. And a man that is doing absolutely amazing work is you, Chris. I know that you're out there doing great work over there with the Monumental Sports Network. And every Monday through Friday, you are the host of the show, of the show by the book and you're able to catch that in a wide variety of places and i know that you guys actually wind up doing your shows over there from the home of the washington wizards as well which is absolutely awesome you do that with meg mcdonald's a lot of good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general at the Big Cheese Show on Twitter. And yes, the other day I'm coming out of the elevator. Meg and I getting ready for the show. Who pops in? Johnny Davis. About the same height as me. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, all right. But you know, we know how he plays uh, versatile and he's 
going to be a guard probably for the Wiz. But yeah, Jay, it was cool to see. I was a little bit starstruck there. But yeah, we're uh, going to be at Caesar Sportsbook and talking baseball, talking NFL draft stuff, talking college football. We really cover it all here. Very fortunate to be up in Caesar Sportsbook hosting by the book with Meg McDonald. And thank you, Greg, for having me. And Chris doing absolutely amazing work. Every Monday through Friday, you're able to catch him doing an absolutely incredible job, taking a look at a little bit of everything and and a lot to talk about with what wind up happening with the number one overall pick, all that steam. So it gave everyone something very much to be able to talk about in the sports betting world. And there's going to be a lot of baseball to talk about these next few months. Chris and Meg going to be doing that over there with Monumental Sports Network. And Chris always does a great job on this show as well. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Coming up next, a little bit of a lighter slate for Monday, but going to give you guys a bit of analysis on every single game on the board as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Easton Family Podcast. Always a pleasure to get Chris Chien on the show. He does a great job. Over there at Monumental Sports, he is a man that does the show by the book every Monday through Friday. You're able to catch that. He and Meg McDonald do an absolutely terrific job with that show, and he did a terrific job over here today. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore D1. Going to be going in Las Vegas rotation or this is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games. If we would have any interleague games, those would be at the bottom, but we do not have any of those, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So let's kick it off with this first game of 901-902 on the betting board. This is the main game that is off the board right now. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they're on the road facing off against the Washington Nationals. We do know that it's going to be Eric Fetty Wap going for the Nationals for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it is to be determined. I am hearing through the grapevine that it's probably going to be Bryce Wilson, but if it winds up being Bryce Wilson and or some sort of like a bullpen game, something like that, I do wind up having the Washington Nationals at a minus 148 in this spot because if you do wind up getting Bryce Wilson, not much of a swing and miss guy. Someone who has made six starts, nine total appearances this year with an 829 ERA. In all irony, if you would be able to get someone like a Chase Young who's been utilized out of the bullpen, someone like a Will Crow, just sort of piggybacking on of one another, I probably would be willing to drop this by about 10 or so cents, but with Bryce Wilson, it's a minus 148, like I said, in that circumstance, we'd probably be closer to right around a minus 140. As with regards to this Pittsburgh Pirates team, I believe that all but Four of their wins have come out of the bullpen this season. They might have five wins from their starters, but, I mean, it's really been all about the bullpen, even though it's a pretty league average bullpen. You do have a couple guys that have been more longer guys that will be able to do a solid job, as you've got Tyler Beatty along with Will Crow, Chase Young, who I mentioned earlier, all posting up a 3-3 ERA or better, David Benar. He has been terrific out there in the bullpen, sub-2 ERA, but then you wind up getting into guys like Chris Stratton, Anthony Banda, Heath Embry, all these guys with north of a 5 ERA. 
And for the Washington Nationals, it's not like they're lighting the world on fire with regards to their bullpen either. As Tanner Rainey, he's been able to rein it in a little bit, but Kyle Finnegan has been posting up north of a 4 ERA. Steve Ciszek, north of a 5. Carl Edwards Jr. has probably been your best bullpen guy all season, so both of these teams have been rough with that regard, and you do take a look at the Washington Nationals, and the one thing that they can do is that they're able to get on base. The power numbers are way down, 59 home runs in right around 73-74 games, but you've got a lot of guys like A. Cesar Hernandez, Nelson Cruz, Mikel Franco, Kiba Ruiz, all in between about a 248-265 in Yadiel Hernandez. He's hitting a 270. Josh Bell, he's been hitting a 310 with a double-digit amount of homers, and while Juan Soto leads the team with 14 home runs, he's been hitting a 220 this year. It's been a big disappointment for him. Flip side for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you send up O'Neill Cruz. He wound up having six RBI in his first series. It's been a little bit rough from ever since then, but you do have a team that has been able to generate a little bit more power with Jack Swazinski along with Brian Reynolds, both giving you 12 home runs. And Reynolds, he's been hitting over a 300 over the last 30 days. Cabrian Hayes has been able to do a solid job of getting on base. He, along with a young guy in Tocopica, Medicano, have both been able to hit right around 260, but Medicano, I believe, is currently on the COVID-19 injured list, so that hurts. Michael Javis is hitting right around 250, but you've got so many guys like Swazinski, who I mentioned earlier, throwing there. Daniel Vogelback, Cal Mitchell, Rodolfo Castro, Diego Castillo, all hitting a 220 or lower, so you've got a pair of pitchers I really don't trust in. You've got a pair of bullpens that aren't necessarily trustworthy, and Eric Fetty Wap probably is going to be the best guy in this game. He's got right around a 446 ERA. Has actually been a little bit worse at home than he has been on the road. 503, home ERA, 389, road ERA, but he's been able to keep the ball in the yard. Seven home runs given up in 68 and two-thirds innings across 14 starts this year. Walks are an issue with a little bit over four walks per nine innings, so he could knock himself out of this game a little bit early, but if you do wind up getting Bryce Wilson against Eric Fetty Wap, you've got faith that he's going to be able to pull it out, and the Nationals, they get on base a little bit more in general, so I did wind up saying the Nationals with Fetty versus Wilson. A minus 148. If it's a bullpen game for the Pirates, I'd probably upgrade them just a tad, and with Wilson and Fetty and or a bullpen game against Fetty, nine or less, I'll be looking at an over nine and a half higher to the under 903, 904 on the betting board. The Miami Marlins, they're on the road facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Adam Wainwright, going to be going for the cards, and Pablo Lopez is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami is finding themselves an underdog in this spot. Going to be getting them anywhere between plus 115 and plus 125. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at St. Louis, it's anywhere between minus 124 and minus 140 with 7.5 being your total. The over is between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 105. I needed a under minus 130 price to be a lay with the Cardinals, seeing some minus 124s and minus 125s. I'm going to be one aside with St. Louis because Adam Wainwright has done a good job with his command recently after he had a little bit of a rough go of it to begin the season in terms of the way that he was giving out walks. He's really been able to do a nice job of being able to hunker down. He's given up just seven walks over his last six starts, which has been key. And him being able to give the team more innings, he did wind up getting a little bit lit up in his last few starts as he's given up three plus runs and now three out of his last five starts. But you do take a look at this Miami Marlins team, and they've had a little bit of a tough time generating offense as they've scored three runs or fewer in each out of their last four games. And you just don't necessarily have a ton of power with regards to this team as you've got Jess Chislam, who's been able to give you 14 home runs. He's hitting a 255 in Orde there. He has provided 13 home runs, but he's hitting just a 220, and that's a big issue with this Marlins team as a lot of the stars like Ore Solero, I mentioned a little bit earlier. Jacob Stallings, Asu Sanchez, Avicio Garcia. They're hitting a 230 or lower. You've got Asu Zagiar, who's been able to give you right around 255. And 
There have been a couple guys like a Nick Fortes who's been able to step up. Gary Cooper's hitting above a 300, but this is a Marlins team that they don't necessarily have a ton of power, and they don't have a lot of guys that they consistently get on base, and that is not the problem for the St. Louis Cardinals. So even though I do think that Pablo Lopez is a little bit better, that is going to be working against them. St. Louis has played over 60% of their home games to the over because you got so many guys that are able to get on base for the team. Brendan Donovan, along with Paul Goldschmidt, both hitting above a 315, and with Goldschmidt, 18 home runs, 420 on base. He's got to be a front runner for MVP, in my opinion. Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader, Nolan Gorman. All these guys are in between about a 245 to a 255. Juan Yepes, Tommy Edmond, they're in between about a 272 to 275. And with Harrison Bader and Tommy Edmond, both of these guys, 16 plus stolen bases thus far this season. Nolan Arenado sitting at 285. He's been able to go deep 14 times. And the Cardinals, they've got a pretty rock solid bullpen as well as Genesis Cabrera, someone that's able to be used for multiple innings. Nick Wickren has not necessarily had the world's greatest year, but I mean, with that said, you do still have quite a few guys that you're able to utilize very well. Now, Junior Fernandez, going to be out of the fold for the team, but Ryan Elsley is going to be available. I believe that he's given up one and run all this season. And then you take a look at the flip side for the Miami Marlins. This is a team that they're in the bottom 10 in terms of bullpen ERA. Lewis had entered into this month with a sub-120 ERA. It is now north of five. Richard Blyer, Dylan Flora, both of these guys north of a four ERA. Stephen Okert overall has been able to do a solid job this season, but Tanner Scott, you're hoping for a little bit more out of him. He's got north of a four ERA as well. And for Pablo Lopez, not been the same ever since he wound up taking the line drive off of his wrist. Last start was better against the Colorado Rockies, but it's also facing off against the Colorado Rockies at home. His last road start against the New York Metropolitans gives up seven runs, six of which were earned, and he has given up at least four runs and now two out of his last four starts and three out of his last seven, so he has been seeing his ERA uptick just a tick. 261 ERA overall, 281 on the road, and he's been able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up eight home runs at 82 and two-thirds innings. The walks per nine rate is right around two and a half, so he's been able to do a solid job there, but I do feel like he's starting to show some shall we say, weaknesses. I do think that the Cardinals, they are going to be able to exploit them. So this is a spot in which at a minus 129 or less, I'm going to be willing to lay it with the Cardinals. I did wind up setting my total at a 7.6 as well because this is a Cardinals team that they have been able to do a great job of during rating offense at home. So looking at the Cardinals, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over 905-906 on the bank where the LA Dodgers they throw a face off against the Colorado Rockies as Chad Cool to be Mr. Cool for the Rockies and Tyler Anderson is going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are between a minus 195 at a minus 205 favorite. Meanwhile, with Colorado, it's anywhere between plus 175 and plus 182. 11.5 to 12 is your total on the 11.5. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105 on the 12. Under is minus 120, and the over is even. I do mind him saying my total at an 11.2, so we're going to be taking a look at an under end with the Dodgers. Made them a minus 184 on the money line, so I'm not quite there with that. And then with the red line of the Dodgers, that's anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140. And at this point, if we wind up getting up to a plus 125 on the run line, I'd be willing to take a shot on the Rockies. And I do think that when it's all said and done, when the juice winds up ironing out because we're about one or two cents away from me being able to take the Rockies, I need at least a plus 184 right now. I'm seeing a plus 182. I'll be willing to take a shot on Colorado. The LA Dodgers are coming off of a Sunday night baseball game, and I do love to fade teams coming off of Sunday night baseball games because they have to travel a little bit later. And on top of that, the Colorado Rockies have one of the biggest home field advantages out there in baseball because they are at elevation. And Chad Cool 
395 ERA. It doesn't necessarily sound so impressive, but at home, he's been able to do a very nice job. 329 ERA in his five starts. He has allowed three home runs in 27 and a third innings. His walks, that is a little bit higher than you'd like it to be overall this season, right around about 3.8 walks per nine innings, but has been able to do a nice job of being able to induce some softer contact overall, giving up less than a home run per nine innings. And for Tyler Anderson, it has been a very good year for him thus far. 3 ERA, 8-0 record. Home and road splits, darn near equal. 3-0-3 ERA on the road. But now he has to go to Coors Field. And he's got a little bit of familiarity with pitching at Coors Field. That's going to be able to help him out. Began the first few years in his career at Colorado. But certainly it is a little bit of a shock to the system when that winds up happening. And for the Colorado Rockies, you've got a bunch that they just hit so much better at home than they do on the road. They've got a split of right around 40 points better on their batting average when they are at home as this is a team that has collective at Coors Field. They're hitting at 279 and bigger than that. They average right around 0.6 home runs per game when they are on the road. At home, they've been getting more like 1.2 home runs per game, so nearly double like C.J. Crone. He's got 17 home runs thus far this season, and overall, he's been able to hit right in that neighborhood about a 295. 13 of those home runs have come at home, and he's hitting right around a 350 at home. Brendan Rodgers, every one of his six home runs have wound up coming at home. You've got someone like a Jonathan Daza sitting at 325 at home. Connor Joe, 295 at home on the road. That drops by north of 50 points. And even for the Colorado Rockies bullpen, someone like a Lucas Gilbreth, his ERA drops by over three points when he is at home. You're able to find the same for someone like a Justin Lawrence as well. So you've got a lot of guys in this Rockies bullpen that they just pitch so much better when they do wind up going to elevation. And for the LA Dodgers, it's been a bullpen that has been not necessarily the world's greatest as Greg Kimbrell has really had his falters thus far this season. Phil Bickford, who was solved for the team last season, he has not been able to duplicate that this season. Reyes Moranta is someone that I actually really do like for this LA Dodgers team. And it's been more of the ancillary guys, like Yancey Almonte has a sub-2 ERA. Evan Phillips has a 2 ERA. Alex Vasilla has been able to give you some good innings that I've been able to step up. You do take a look at this Dodgers lineup and not having Mookie Betts has hurt them a little bit, but got a pair of guys at the top of the fold and Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner both hitting above a threader going into Sunday Night Baseball. Will Smith has been able to give you double-digit amount of formers. He's got a 350-ish on base, but Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, you got a lot of guys in this fold that are hitting at 225 or lower on with injuries out there in the outfield. We've been noticing guys like a Trace Thompson getting some starts. That's not necessarily too terrific for them, so I do think that the Colorado Rockies being at elevation, they should be getting a little bit more respect. Anything above a plus 184, I'm going to be taking a shot there when it's all said and done after line movement. I'm pretty sure this is going to be some sort of play on the Rockies, even if it is getting a run line at more around like a plus 125-ish. I'd be willing to take that as well with the Colorado Rockies. I did wind up setting my total at 11.2, so we're looking Rockies, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under as we go 907-908 down the main board. The Oakland A's at the road face off against the New York Yankees as Jordan Montgomery is going to be going for the Yankees and Paul Blackburn going to be walking the plank for Oakland. 8.5 is your total over and under about that minus 110 with the Oakland A's. You're going to be finding them in between plus 245 and a plus 260. Yankees are anywhere team minus 285 and minus $3. And if you're taking a look at the run line of the New York Yankees, currently you're finding that in between a minus 145 to a minus 150. And with the Yankees run line, I was willing to lay up to a minus 140. I was willing to lay up to a minus 250 on the money line. So with us getting up to a plus 260 on the Oakland A's, I recognize that it's grody, but I'm going to be willing to take Paul Blackburn and company. Now, 
The Oakland A's have not had the world's greatest run of it. They're 6-22 and in their last 28 games, but they haven't been able to win two straight games, and Paul Blackburn has been really their best starter, not named Frankie Montas as far this season, and he might even be a little bit better than Montas as far, just in terms of raw numbers, as his walks per nine rate has been hovering right around 2.3. Swing and miss stuff, not really there with Paul Blackburn. He's going to give you right around six and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but he has made eight road starts this far this season. He has given up five earned runs across 45 innings in his eight road starts, not allowing a single home run. All five of the home runs that he's surrendered, they have all come at home thus far this season. Opponents are rating a 209 off of him. This guy has been a machine when he's away from Oakland. Meanwhile, you take a look at Jordan Montgomery. Holman road splits for him have always not necessarily been too demonstrative. 261 home area, 338 road area, so he's been a little bit better in Yankee Stadium thus far this season, giving up overall right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings, so he's been good there, but it's really been the best attribute of Montgomery. He doesn't put guys on cheaply right around one and a half walks per nine innings, and for Oakland, the bats, they have been quite silent this year. You really don't have anyone that has seen at least 50 at-bats hitting above a 245 for this bunch, which that is a little bit of an issue, but Seth Brown starting to get it going in terms of power. He wound up hitting his 10th home run yesterday for this bunch. You're going to need to get a little bit more out of some of these veterans like Stephen Vogt, Jed Lowry. They're in below the Mendoza line of 200. And then guys like Tony Kemp, Brown, who I mentioned before, you're before Sheldon Noisy, list goes on and on of guys hitting below a 230 for this bunch, but you also do have for the Oakland A's, AJ Puck along the same mall. They've got a sub 250 ERA. They've been solid out there in the bullpen now. Danny Menace is on the injured list, and prior to him going on the injured list, that was not necessarily a pretty sight, but if you can get something off of a long guy like an Austin Pruitt, too, has been able to show some moments of brightness when he's needed to come in for multiple innings. That is going to be a blowout out as well, and for the New York Yankees, no doubt this is a team that they should be a rather hefty favorite because you do have still a lot of your superstars out there in the bullpen. Clay Holmes has been able to give you a sub one ERA. Michael King has been absolutely tremendous as a long guy but they did wind up having to go extra innings yesterday so that did wind up taxing out the bullpen a little bit more. Wandy Peralta Miguel Castro, Michael King all wound up throwing at least 20 pitches yesterday. Holmes threw 15 pitches so that does put that a little bit into flux. Lucas Lukey he's been terrific for the team and for the New York Yankees. I mean what more needs to be said about Aaron Judge. He's currently got 28 home runs this far this season with a 370 on base. He has been absolutely incredible. DJ Turnit up, LeMayhew, Glaber Torres, Isaiah Kinnear Falefa, Matt Carpenter, all these guys are in between about a 250 to a 265 with Torres. Double digit amount of homers for he and John Carlos Stan with John Carlos Stan. He's been able to provide right around a 330 on base and three Rizzo. And he's just a 221 ish, but 19 bombs, good on base. So Yankees should be a rather solid favorite. But I think that Paul Blackburn going to be able to come out. He's going to be able to lend a good start. And being able to get north of a plus 250 here for the Oakland A's is value. Now, do I think that the Oakland A's win this game more than 50% of the time? Absolutely not. I am not that delusional, but I do think that you've got a little bit of a good number here with the Oakland A's. I'm going to be riding this big plus price. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.6 as well, as I do think that there's going to be a little bit of negative regression for Paul Blackburn on the road, and I do think that Jordan Montgomery, he's going to start to give up a few walks as well. So I'm looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at this mono number with Oakland as we go 909-910 on the betting board as the Boston Red Sox in the red face off against the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman is going to be going for the Jays, and it is going to be the first start of the season for Connor Siebold as you've got the Jays find themselves 
in between minus 175 and minus 180 favorites. And if you're a day, you'll look at Boston. It's between plus 160 and plus 165. Nine is your total. Over is minus 115, and the under is minus 105. I was willing to lay up to $2 with the Blue Jays. If you're taking a look at the run line, I was willing to go up to a minus 110 there. You're actually seeing the opposite. You're seeing a plus 110. I'm going to be willing to ride that run line with Seabolt. He did wind up getting a little bit of a cup of coffee up there at the big league level last season. Thus far this season, he has been pitching exclusively at the AAA level. And I mean, at the minor league level, this has been a guy that has really been able to do his part. With that said, you got to have a little bit of trepidation with the guy making his season debut. I believe that this is going to be something like start number two of his big league career at the actual big show. But with that said, you take a look at what Seabold was able to do at Triple A Wisher this season. He's been able to do a nice job being able to keep the ball in the yard. 0.3 home runs per nine innings. Not much of a strikeout guy. Fewer than nine strikeouts per nine innings at that level. That's a little bit concerning. Two and a half walks per nine innings. He's been able to do a good job of being able to locate after. That was a little bit of a bugaboo early on in his career or else he probably would have received a couple more opportunities at the big league level. But Kevin Gosman has been one of the most unlucky pitchers out there in baseball. As you take a look at what Gosman has been able to do. He's given up right around one-ish home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate that is hovering in the pocket of about one and a half. This guy has been absolutely incredible with the way that he's been able to come out. He's got just a five and six record with a 319 ERA despite his fielding impediment being a buck 74. It's not very often that you see a guy with an ERA that is hovering right around three. Have a fielding independent that's more than a full point lower. He's getting 10 strikeouts for nine innings. He's just been a little bit unlucky on balls in play. It Now this is a Boston Red Sox team that they're going to put a lot of balls in play because you have Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers. All guys are in at least a 310 for this bunch. And when it comes to Mr. Devers, he's been able to go deep 17 times thus far this season to go along with that 334 batting average. And then on top of that, all of a sudden, you've been able to have someone really be able to step up in Jaron Duran. He's been able to have 325. Now, the bottom of the lineup for this team has been a little bit rough. Jackie Bradley Jr., he's always been out there for his glove. But he, whenever Bobby Dahlbeck has been out there, Franchi Cordero, Trevor Story, all these guys are in at 228 or lower the entire catcher spot, not named Christian Vasquez, has been a little bit tough as well. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays, you do have a trio of guys at the top, and George Springer throwing their bow, Bichette, and Flagero Jr. Hitting in that neighborhood about a 252 to a 270, Flagero Jr. has been able to go deep 17 times thus far this season. Bichette has been a little bit up and down to L.A. Underkirk. Hitting a 322 with a pair of homers in that series against the Milwaukee Brewers. That's been relatively impressive to Oscar Hernandez over the last 30 days. He's been hitting above a 300 as well. You want up having Matt Chapman actually be able to bust out with that in that series against Milwaukee, but for the Blue Jays, this is also a very taxed bullpen as they wound up getting a combined four and two-thirds innings out of Yusei Kikuchi and Jose Barrios over the last two days, so that means that guys like Matt Gage, David Phelps, Tim Meza, your trustworthy bullpen pieces, they did wind up getting used up in the last few days. Trevor Richards has been awful this year. He's currently on the injured list for this team. You don't want any part of someone like a Jeremy Beasley. I do think that Gosman is going to be able to give quite a bit of length, and for the Boston Red Sox, this is a bullpen that has been a little bit shaky recently, but Tanner Houck has been able to do a little bit of a better job with Matt Stram, John Schreiber. He has got a sub-2 ERA. Enzo Robles has been a little bit of a letdown since coming off the injured list, nearly a 5 ERA, but Itakaza Satomoto, Jake Diekman, both of these guys have ERAs are hovering between about a 3 and a 3-5, so I do think that Seabull can have a little bit of a tough time going up against the Blue Jays in this spot, and for the Blue Jays, length is imperative out of Kevin Gosman, but I trust in Kevin Gosman to be able to lend that length, so I am going to be taking a look at the 
Toronto Blue Jays on the run line. I do think that they're going to get to a guy in Seabold who is not getting a lot of swings and misses. I think that going up to the big league level, it's going to be a little bit difficult for him. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total under a semi-total at an 8.8 because I do think that the Red Sox bullpen going to rescue him after a little bit of a tough start. And I do think that Gosman going to be on his game. So look at Blue Jays run line and the under. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. You've got the Minnesota Twins and the Red Face off against the Cleveland Guardians as Jonas Tim McKenzie is going to be going for the Guardians. And Sonny Gray is going to be on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota between a minus 120 and a minus 135 favorite. Meanwhile, anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115 is your price on Cleveland. 8.5 to 8 is your total on the 8. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. On the 8.5, the under is minus 115. And the over is minus 105. Semi-total at 8.2. I've mostly got 8s on the board, and I'd rather have an 8 over rather than an 8.5 under personally. So we're going to be taking a look at that. These two guys wound up squaring off, ironically enough, last week. And I don't think that's going to be quite as airbrain as when you wind up seeing these two teams do battle, and it was an 11-10 win for the Cleveland Guardians on the road. Tris McKenzie had a blow-up start. Sonny Gray had a blow-up start. Both of these bullpens were just hot garbage, but with that said, you do have a guy, McKenzie, who is giving up right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings. Has really worked on the walks. Wound up getting sent down to the AAA level last season. Ever since he's come back up, he has been much better in terms of his command, giving up right around 2.4 walks per nine innings, and his home ERA nearly a full point lower than his road ERA. At a 276, he's given up just two home runs with opponents sitting a buck 76 off of him at home this season. Then you take a look at Sonny Gray. Just been an off and on guy. He has been injured throughout the entirety of the season, but when he's made starts on the road and he's made just three, he's been rock solid. 284 ERA on the road, giving up just one home run in 12 and two-thirds innings. Needs to try to lend a little bit more length because it's been a little bit of a weak point for him thus far this season. He has not completed five full innings ever since the end of May, so that is a little bit of a worry spot for him, but he is backed up by a bullpen that has Griffin Jacks who's able to give you multiple innings. He's been will give you a sub-3 ERA. Yohan Duran has been leading the big leagues in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour. Emilio Pagan has not necessarily been so terrific, but you do take a look at this Minnesota Twins team as well, and Byron Buxton with triples in back-to-back games. This guy is really starting to find it in terms of his batting average. Wound up having a 3-for-3 day yesterday, and you take a look at what Buxton has been able to do over the last three days. He's sitting right around 265. Wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it about two weeks ago. Now he's starting to pick it up once again as you've got Luis Arias sitting a 350 at the top of the fold for this team, and then Gio Urshela, Nick Gordon, Max Kepler. These guys are in between about a 245 to a 255. You take a look on the flip side for the Cleveland Guardians, and it's all about Jose Dormanis and what he's able to provide for this team. 16 home runs. He's hitting above a three iron that has been absolutely magnificent, but a lot of those home runs, they turn into two run shots. You do need more guys going deep for the Cleveland Guardians, as nobody outside of Jose Ramirez has been able to give you more than eight home runs thus far this season, but Richie Palacero, Stephen Kwan, Josh Naylor, Amid Rosario, lying between about a 275 to a 290 with Oscar Gonzalez. He's regressed a little bit, but he's selling above a 300. Andres Jimenez has been hitting a 320 with eight home runs. It has been very impressive to watch him work thus far this season. And for the Cleveland Guardians, they do wind up backing up Mr. McKenzie with a relatively solid bullpen. And Yeli Los Santos is able to give you a sub-350 ERA. Eli Morgan along same entages. These were failures as starters, but in the bullpen, sub-250 ERAs. Brian Shaw's been having a little bit of an up-and-down season, and Nick Sandlin is currently on the injured list. But this is a situation where if we can get above a plus-112, with the Cleveland Guardians. I'm willing to take a nibble here. Right now, I'm seeing plus 113. I'm seeing plus 115. So, I'm going to be willing to take a shot on Cleveland getting this plus price. Set my total at 8.2, set at 8. Looking over to go along with the Guardians. 9-13, 9-14 is going to be the DK Nation pick as we've got the Walker Texas Rangers in the road face off against the Kansas City Royals. 
Chris with a K, Boobich is going to be going for the Royals, and Martin Perez is going to be going for the Texas Rangers. The Rangers are in between minus 123 and minus 130 favorites. Meanwhile, if you take a look at Kansas City, it's between plus 110 and plus 117 with eight and a half being your total. The over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And with the Rangers, I'm going to lay just above a minus 145 with this team. Chris with the K, Boobich already has two starts this year in which he didn't make it out of the first inning. And this is against the Royals team that they're coming off of back-to-back home losses to the poopy Oakland A's, who I believe that they were 4-22 in their last 26 games before those two wins that they were able to pull off over the weekend. It's not going well for them, and this is a Kansas City Royals team that is currently in the bottom five in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. Scott Barlow has been relatively solid, but when you send out their Taylor Clark and his north of five ERA, Amir Garrett, who's one of the worst bullpen pieces that you're able to find out there in the big leagues. You've got other guys that have just not been able to get the job done. Like, I mean, you even take a look at Andreas Vizcaino. He's got north of a six ERA. Jose Kuas has actually been halfway decent, but man, it's not necessarily going great for them, and hard to have any faith year, Mr. Chris with a K. Boobich, 741 ERA. He has given up at least three runs in two out of his last three starts. Has actually been able to cut down on the deep ball. He's only given up one home run over his last four total appearances, but you take a look at what Chris with a K. Boobich is doing at home. 778 ERA. In his six starts, he's averaging barely over three innings per start. His walks per nine rate at home is nearly seven. Opponents overall are inning at 295 off of him. He gets right around eight strikeouts per nine innings, but I mean, that's about it. And then for Martin Perez, the guy's been a magician. Nine out of his last 10 starts, he has given up two runs or fewer. And the big reason why he's been able to have this career renaissance, he's cut down on the walks right around 2.2 walks per nine innings. Still not getting a bunch of swings and misses right around seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But Buck 76 ERA on the road. Over six starts, he has given up one home run in 41 innings. So I think that he's going to see a little bit of negative regression from the two home runs that he's seen in 87 plus innings, both home and road this far this season. But he's been able to do a solid job in the Rangers. They back him up with a relatively solid bullpen. Brock Burke has a sub 250 ERA along Dennis Santana. You've been able to have Joe Barlow be able to give you some good innings for this team as well. And with Texas, you do have a pair of guys, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, that we're going to call it what it is. They're not living up to their contracts. Both of these guys hitting in that neighborhood about a 225 to a 230, but Seager has been able to provide 15 home runs. And then you take a look at Adolis Garcia. This has been a man possessed recently. As over the last 30 days, he's hitting a 318 and has been able to supply nine home runs. So he has really been able to find it. A low is hitting at 280 for the team. Leody Tavares has actually been able to reach base now. Do have a couple guys like Mitch Garver, Stephen Duggar, Brad Miller. They need to provide a little bit more at the bottom of the fold, but you take a look at the flip side for the Kansas City Royals, and they've been dealing with injuries all season long to Salvador Perez. They have not been able to get Andrew Benintendi any help whatsoever out there in the middle of the lineup. He's been able to a 295, but with Merrifield, MJ Melendez, Carlos Santana, Ryan O'Hearn, Kyle Isabel, Nicky Lopez, all these guys are in a 231 or lower. I mean, to the credit of Bobby Witt Jr., he's been able to pick it up a little bit more, hitting right around at 240 to a 245 over the last three days. That's become a 275 with six home runs, so he's actually been able to improve thus far this season, but it's hard to have any faith whatsoever here in the Kansas City Royals. Bad bullpen, bad lineup against a Rangers team that has had Martin Perez dealing all season long. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.7 in this spot because I do think that the Rangers are going to be able to get to Chris with a K. Bubich. I think that there's going to be a little bit of negative regression with Perez as well, but 
clear pitching advantage here with the Texas Rangers. So the DK Nation pick is going to be on Texas, laying this right around minus 125-ish number on the money line to go along with this total. Over 915-916 on the main board. The LA Angels are going to be playing us to the Chicago White Sox as North or Syndergaard going to be going for the Angels and Lucas Giolito is on the bump for the White Sox. The Southsiders are in between plus 110 and plus 118 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the White Sox, it's anywhere between minus 123 and minus 130. In F is your total. The over is anywhere between even money and minus 105. The under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. And with the Angels, made them a minus 144 favorite. And with Noah Syndergaard, it has been interesting to take a look at his home and road splits because when the sky has left the city of Los Angeles, it has not been going great for him. Overall, a 386 ERA. But you take a look at what he's made able to do at home thus far. 239 ERA across his six stars, giving up four home runs in 37 and two-thirds innings. His walks per nine rate at home is right around two. Opponents are a 209 off of him compared to a 306 on the road. So he's been able to do a very solid job in the City of Angels and for Lucas Giolito. Home splits, road splits, righty splits, lefty splits. He's been bad, bad, bad all across the board in his last five starts, giving up at least four runs in every one of them. There was one start in which he did wind up allowing a few unearned runs that wound up hurting him a little bit, but by and large, you just take a look at Luke Giolito right now, and it has been a complete and utter hot mess. In his four starts here in the month of June, he's posting up a 9 ERA. And a big reason why Lucas Giolito is starting to struggle is the walks. He is giving up right in the neighborhood about three and a half walks per nine innings. And on top of that, home runs per nine rate that hovers right in the pocket of about a 1.8 to a 1.9. And he's got a 577 ERA on the road. And on the road, he's giving up well over two home runs per nine innings with opponents saying a 284 off of him. And the White Sox, it's not like they even back him up with a very good bullpen. As right now, Reynaldo Lopez is one of your best bullpen pieces as they've been dealing with an injury to Liam Hendricks. Kendall Graveman has been very good for the team, but Joe Kelly, he's got an ADRA. Matt Foster has been all over the place. He's providing north of a 5 ERA. Tanner Banks is someone that you can't rely upon. Jimmy Lambert, he's been a guy that's been a failure of a starter. Hasn't necessarily been great out there in the bullpen. Now, with the Angels, you're able to give them the same knocks with regards to their bullpen as Rossi Iglesias, Aaron Loop, along with Ryan Tapera. These were supposed to be your 7th and ninth inning shutdown guys, and all these guys right now are providing an ERA that is a 390 or greater. So, that has not necessarily been too terrific. They do wind up having to utilize quite a few bullpen pieces over the weekend as well. So, that leaves you in a little bit of hurt. Jimmy Harrigan has been on the injured list as well. So, not necessarily too terrific. But what you do have with the Angels is a very good lineup for the team. As you've had Taylor Ward be able to come in off the injured list. He's hitting a 310 once again. Ever since coming off the injured list, it's been a little bit more rough for him. But had a pair of hits in the team's win on Sunday. That should be able to get him going. Mike Trout. 20 plus home runs, 395 on base. Shoy Otani throwing there. Jared Walsh, both of these guys hitting in that pocket of a 260 with Walsh. He has been able to provide 13 home runs. Shoy Otani, he's went deep 17 times thus far this season. Matt Duffy has been able to get on base as well. And for the Chicago White Sox, just all sorts of injuries for this team. Tim Anderson, he's been a little bit touch and go. He wound up missing a little bit of time in that series against the Baltimore Orioles himself before returning yesterday. He's been hitting a 340 for the team. And Andrew Vaughn under the radar, he's hitting about a 315 as well. But also with this White Sox team righty and lefty splits very big as against left-handed pitching. They're hitting above 290 against righties. It drops by nearly 50 points now. To the credit of Jose Abreu, along with A.J. Pollock over the last 80 days, both of these guys are hitting above a 300. Jake Berger has been able to put it together. He and A.J. Pollock over the year. They're hitting right around 8250, but injuries have really gotten to them. Daniel Mendek, 
He's currently finding himself on the 10-day injured list. You wind up seeing also Adam Engel wind up getting a little bit banged up in the team series against the Blue Jays. Eli Jimenez has saw the fold. Yuho Moncada is back on the injured list. So it has been a bevy of issues for the Chicago White Sox. And one of the biggest ones is Lucas Giolito. So I'm going to lay up to a minus 144 with the LA Angels in this spot. They wind up saying my toilet at 8.6, even though the ball during the nighttime out there in LA doesn't necessarily travel the same as it does in other places. I do think that they should be able to get to a guy in Giolito that is getting banged around like a Pinata right now. So looking at the over, and I'm looking at the Angels, and we wrap things up with 917-918 on the bang board. The Seattle Mariners are going to be playing also Baltimore Orioles. That's Tyler Wells. Hopes to do Wells for the Orioles, and George Kirby is going to be on the bump for Seattle. Seattle's find themselves anywhere between minus 150 and minus 165 favorites. So you can stray minus 145 out there as well. Between plus 135 and plus 142 is your price on Baltimore with 7 at being your total. The over and the under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115, and as well take 130 35 or greater for the Baltimore Orioles. So I'm going to be taking a shot on a guy in Tyler Wells, who last season was actually in the bullpen for the team. He wound up getting elevated as a starter, needed to be stretched out a little bit, but he has been absolutely terrific for this Baltimore Orioles team that backs him up with a top seven bullpen out there in the big leagues. So you take a look at the Baltimore Orioles, and you've pretty much got five bullpen pieces that are providing an ERA of a 2-1 or greater, as Cino Perez, Ore Lopez, Nick Vespi, Felix Batista. Dylan Tate, they are all in this full. Joey Kribos provided right around a 2-4 ERA. Keegan Aiken, the long guy, right around 2-5. And then you take a look at Mr. Wells, team leader in wins, 3-34 ERA. And down the stretch, he has been magnificent for the team, giving up two runs or fewer in four out of his last five starts. With Mr. Wells, this is a guy that on the road has been a little bit more suspect than he has been at home. 425 road ERA compared to a 220 home ERA, but has been able to keep the ball in the yard right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings. Walks per nine rate. Hovers in the pocket about 2.1 to 2.2. Opponents are at 229 off of him. He's not going to go out there and give you a ton of swings and misses. And for George Kirby, been very impressed by the way that he's been able to get swings and misses right around 8.6 strikeouts per nine innings. But he does wind up giving up that long ball. 1.5 home runs per nine innings. Now, his walks per nine rate is sterling right around one. This is a guy that is not going to put guys on cheaply, but has actually got a full point higher on his ERA at home than he does on the road. And for the Seattle Mariners, with Ty France being on the injured list, it is a little bit of a patchwork offense at this point as J.P. Crawford, Julio Rodriguez, they're in between about a 265 to 270. But for J.P. Crawford, he has found himself in an almighty funk recently. This is someone that's hitting a buck 64 over the last three weeks for this bunch. So it's not been great. And Eugenio Suarez is able to ride right around a 330 on base. He's been able to get a 235. He's been able to give the team a double-digit amount of former St. Taylor Trammell under the radar. He's sitting right around at 255 for the team, but you just expect a little bit more out of Jesse Winker along with Adam Frazier, Lewis Torrance. These guys are in between about a 220 to a 230, and then at the bottom of the fold, guys like Cal Raleigh, Justin Upton, Dylan Moore, list goes on and on of guys hitting a 200 or lower. Abraham Toro has not been able to do a lot for this bunch, and for the Baltimore Orioles, the offense was a little bit rough to begin the season, which is why their first 12 games you didn't wind up seeing any overs whatsoever, but you take a look at the way that they've been able to get on base recently, and it's been rather impressive. Ryan Mountcastle, Austin the Saves, Kid Trey Bubba Mancini, in between about a 272 to a 285, has been good with Mountcastle. He and Anthony Santander have combined for 25 home runs. Santander, 335 on base now. You need a little bit more at the bottom of the fold. I like the upside of Ode Mateo and his 19 stolen bases, but he, along with Rune Odor, you're able to throw in the Richie Martin, Tyler Nevin, even Robinson Chirinos. These guys 
I need 200 or lower, but Adelie Rushman, the former number one overall pick, and a guy that's actually a native from the Pacific Northwest. He wound up having a rough go of it to begin the season, but over the last 15 days, don't look now, but he's hitting above a 300. So I do think that this is a Baltimore Orioles team that is being a little bit undervalued. I like the way that their bullpen is able to go out there. And for the Seattle Mariners, hasn't been the same for their bullpen. Diego Castillo has been posting up right around a 5 ERA this season. Andres Munoz is a guy that they were relying upon. He has not done the job. Drew Second Rider, a big piece of the bullpen last season. He was so bad this year, he wound up getting DFA'd. Penn Murphy has been solved for this team. And all of a sudden, you've got Ken Giles bang it full. I don't know what to expect from him moving forward. But I do expect the Baltimore Orioles to be a team that is going to be able to be a big giant pest in this game as they actually have the best run line record out there in the big leagues. Anything north of a plus 135 is willing to take Baltimore. So we're going to be looking there. And I did wind up saying my total at 7.8. I do think that both of these young starters might be doing for a little bit of regression. So going over and going Baltimore. And that will wrap things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show. Now part of the VEASAN family of podcasts. Big thanks Christian for joining me in the last segment. Does a great job over there at Monumental Sports Network. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, want to have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at junit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters yeah. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. I that five star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you with a good amount. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.